and that's why I always tell people that it's okay to do things for free for a period of time because you don't always know how it'll return to you. So number one, it was establishing credibility for other schools to come in and find me. And then secondly, all those lessons I made every week made a book that schools were now able to purchase. And this was before the app. This was this was just, I was bringing piano keyboards into the classroom, carrying them in. And uh, you know, the schools bought our books. They then were able to pay me to teach the class. And that's how my business got started. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and today's guest is Marcus Blackwell. Marcus is the founder of Make Music Count, an app that teaches learners of all ages how to master math and piano by learning to play popular songs. This unique project began a decade ago when Marcus combined his educational background in mathematics with his passion for music. Join us in our conversation today to learn more about Marcus, his entrepreneurial journey, and how he's building a transformative product and a thriving business. Marcus, thank you for joining me today on The In Factor. No problem. Thank you, Rebecca, for having me. I'm so excited to share. Yeah, well, I'm really excited about this. As, as an educator and an entrepreneur, I'm excited that we've got a we've got a, a business here that really focuses in the education space. I'm also a pianist, although not not very good, but uh, <laughs> classically trained for my ears only and my enjoyment. Uh, so I love uh, I love music. I've played a couple of instruments as well over the years. So um, this is really for me. This is really exciting to learn a little bit more about what you do. And so your business is Make Music Count, and it's an and there's a technology component. And I think we're gonna, um, you know, to get started. I, what I'd love for you to do is just tell us a little bit about this uh, this uh, app that you've got, Make Music Count, and uh, and what you do with it, how it works. Yes, yes. Uh, so first of all, uh, being a pianist is awesome. You know, you'll have <laughs> you'll have an advantage by uh, doing our example today. So that's that's actually a plus. Um, Make Music Count is a, a math curriculum that I created. It's a brand new way of learning math where um, we get students to solve real equations, but the answers are piano notes to learn how to play your favorite song on the piano. And so we're all about increasing the confidence in students. Uh, we work with second through 12th grade students. And, you know, we don't believe that there's such thing as people that just cannot do math. It's usually low confidence. And so what we did was we said, look, if you can do this math, it will allow you to earn this skill. And that skill is first hearing the song that you like, but then also learning how to play it as well. And so uh, if it's okay, I'd like to show just a really quick example of what that looks like, um, the app version, right? And so this is an app that um, is available for any phone, um, iPad, tablet, as well as a web version for um, laptops and computers. So the way this works, and we're gonna skip the tutorial, but it'll all make sense in a second. You select the math subject. So we're gonna do fractions. And then 
you select the song that you would like to learn how to play. And so, of course, we have all the popular songs from all different genres, commercial jingles, songs from your favorite show and movies. So we're going to do Butter by BTS. All right. And so the way this works, what I did is I took everything that had a musical definition and replaced it with a math definition. So in music, if you were to move from C up to this key, it's called C sharp. That movement is called a half step. And what I did was I rewrote that expression to be this equation that you see here. So this says C plus a half. C is your piano key. The plus half represents moving to the very next key. And where you end up is your answer. So your answer in this case would be C sharp. And you push that as your answer. And so what's interesting is what we're doing is we're looking at the piano as if it were a number line, a math tool, right? And so that's what allows any student to be able to pick this up, whether or not you've played the piano before or not. So, and again, you know, in this case, what you're solving for are the notes to play the song on the piano. So this one says C sharp plus one. So you're going to start on C sharp, which is here. Plus one means you move two halves. So that would be half plus another half. You know, it's just D sharp. And so when you finish your questions, the reward is that you get to hear the song and your answers are going to light up on the piano so that you can play along with the music. And it sounds like this. Right. So now you as a student, you just realized that you can now play, first of all, a song on the piano, but you did so through the application of fractions. And through this experience, we believe that your confidence now will increase so that you'll be able to answer this math quiz without any musical help. And that's how Make Music Count works. And then from there, you can just, you know, jump into different subjects. There's all different types of songs. Like I said, there's multiplication, division, algebra, calculus, even for the upper level students. But that is how Make Music Count works. It's so much fun. And, and that's really what we're after, right? Math is taught in such a way that oftentimes it's boring. It's not engaging. We have to have creative ways for our students to learn. And we just used music, not as a mask to hide the fact that you're doing the math, but as a reward. Why shouldn't music and dancing and singing be a reward for correct math. I think that makes mathematics so much more interesting and fun. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. So, so the logic is that, that each of the, each of learning, each of the keys is a math formula, I guess. And so to solve a song and get the reward of the song, you have a significant number of math formulas that you actually can solve and then um you can put it all together and and uh and you get a song i love it i love it you know i know people have been using um using music to Mm -hmm. teach for a long time i mean even back when you know in ancient times when i was in school you know we we learned things like the capitals or the presidents by song you know um, so, and I know math is, is very, um, you know, is very closely tied to, uh, 
to music. Music is very closely tied to math. Um, And I know there's been a lot of research on that. So what a great, what a great model. Now, what grades, um, is this for specific age groups? Yeah. So we start with second graders and we go all the way up through 12th graders. And honestly, even some adults like our app as well, you know, Uh, not just as a way to practice the math, but as a neat way to learn how to play the piano. So that's been pretty interesting. Yeah. My, my husband and I both have taken piano lessons and and he wants to get back into it. So maybe I'll recommend it. I'm telling (laughs) you (laughs) because we've bypassed the music theory. The music theory is the intimidating part of playing an instrument. Right. But if you're just applying simple math concepts, anybody will do it and you'll learn on the spot. Yeah, I, I love it. I think this is very cool. And it's really unique. Um, tell us a little bit about how you came to the development of this product. Yeah, so Make Music Count was born from my own personal need. You know, I'm a pianist as well. I've played since I was five. Um, all genres, classically trained, jazz, gospel, um, and was playing professionally since the age of 16. But I was struggling in math. And it honestly was like a light bulb moment. Once I realized that you can't play an instrument without understanding math, it was like an aha moment. Like, okay, well, if I've been playing the piano at this certain level for this number of years, it's got to mean I'm equally as good, if not better, in math. And so that um, curiosity was enough for me to uh, jump into a mathematics degree at Morehouse College to kind of prove it to myself. Because I was like, that makes perfectly perfectly good sense, right? Like if I'm, you know, learning chords with math and all this theory with math, then you're good at math. It's, it's just that simple. So that's how it started was it helped me. And then once I was able to prove to myself that I could conquer math, I wondered if it could help some other kids. And we actually started as a volunteer program. I was working corporate as an engineer and um, was just going to a local school uh, once and twice a week just to help out. And so uh, it was interesting because, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to an after school program and get kids to do more math after a full day of school, Uh, I'm going to have to make this a little bit more exciting. So that's when it kind of made sense to bring in the popular songs to teach them how to play those on the piano with, with math application. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I love, I love what you've done. There's a lot of things you just said that I really want to kind of comment on and dig into. And first of all, I love that you, um, that you were challenged by math and you decided to dive in and, and uh, go for a degree in math, uh, not just <laughs> not just get by, but 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 you know, understanding the relationship between music, which you loved, and math, which you were intimidated by, and how how you were able to to bring that together. You know, math was always something I was very good at, but I know I also had um, very strong teachers at a very early age. So I built that confidence. And my Mm. husband, on the other hand, um, I've already mentioned him once, but I know Matt, he's very good at languages, but he always struggled with math and Mm -hmm. continues as an adult, uh, you know, and a very successful attorney and educator himself to be somewhat intimidated by math at times. And I think that you're, you're, you've got a real gift in this to help people overcome that intimidation by something that they they can relate to and enjoy. So 
that's what, really a, what a gift though. it is. Yeah. That's, but see, that's part of the argument we're making is that math is in everything. And why aren't we using other subjects to relate to the different interests in a classroom of kids, right? Right. So, right. you know, if someone would have said that, hey, there's music in math, I would have been tuned in immediately, right? You know, a husband may need some type of integration between languages and math. To, right. to I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, like, that's that's how we should be thinking about it. Like, how can I relate to that type of student based off of their passions and their likes to to connect the dots here? Yeah. So take us back a little bit. You're you you've got this fabulous product, and I want to hear more about what you're doing with it today. But let's talk about Marcus the entrepreneur because that's what a lot of the the Infactor is about. So you've got this product, and you you uh, I think you mentioned that you were an engineer at yep. the time. And so take us a little bit about uh, take us through your your background and how you got to where you are today. And then then I want to dig into a little bit about about the business and what and how you're building it. Um, so like I said, uh, I'm first a pianist. Um, and uh, that's really where everything kind of starts starts for me. Like that's, that's how I pay for my books in college was by playing the piano and playing the organ at local churches. Um, when I first graduated from Morehouse, um, I had, you know, throughout school, I was interning at GE. And so um, that was my first corporate job was working at GE. And so I was uh, corporate during the day. I was also a church musician. Uh, and, and that was just how I did things. And I was also just kind of working on this curiosity between math and music at night, just just playing around with stuff. And um, I was uh, at GE for three years. Um, and uh, I remember my last six months was when I was doing the volunteering with, with Make Music Count, uh, just kind of trying out with students. And those that six month period is when um, other schools started hearing about the work we were doing and the impact we were having with kids in math. And so, uh, the way that the leap of faith happened was from an increase of interest from other schools that, you know, started asking, hey, um, can you come and teach our class? And, you know, the funny thing is um, when a school called me, they said, hey, we have a summer program coming up. It meets from nine to 12, um, Monday through Thursday. Can you do it? And I thought they meant volunteering. And I was like, there's no way possible I'd be able to keep my job and and do this for you. I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do it. And they were like, no, we'd pay you to do this. And I was like, okay, let's just be clear. You know, I made this up at home, right? Like this, like <laughs> I was like, just so that we're, you know, talking the same language here. And they were like, no, no, that's that's enrichment, it's creative. And that's how the business kind of got started, was signing up as a vendor for a school district and um, you know, it's actually interesting. In those six months, we made uh, workbooks because I was going every week. And, you know, it's, and that's why I always tell people that it's okay to do things for free for a period of time because you don't always know how it'll return to you. So, number one, it was establishing credibility for other schools to come in and find me. And then, secondly, all those lessons I made every week made a book that schools were now able to purchase. And this was before the app. This was this was just I was bringing piano keyboards into the classroom, carrying them in. 
And, uh, you know, the schools bought our books. They then were able to pay me to teach the class. And that's how my business got started. Wow. So, you know, a lot of times we talk about that as being customer validation. And, yes. and really what what you what you're talking about is, you know, what every entrepreneur who's especially de- developing a product or a service needs to know. They need to understand what the customer wants and how they'll use it. And and um, in your case, you know, getting out there, getting it in the hands of the, the teachers and the students was very important because you could develop your product through that. And so how did this app come about? Uh, because I needed to figure out how to scale my business. <laughs> so right, right. Our business model, so I would say our first, we've been in business for nine years. So our first six years, we were operating as this in-person enrichment class for after-school programs, boys and girls clubs. And I was hiring college students to be my teachers where I couldn't be. So we got up to about 60 school partners that were, at, you know, all working together. And I couldn't grow anymore because first I was buying pianos for everybody. Then I was finding if a school was interested, I had to find a local college and find a student and train. It was it was a lot going on. So I said, I've got to find an easier way to scale this, not just for the after school program, but so that we can be used during the school day. So the app has a piano in it. So I don't have to buy a piano for anybody anymore. Um, it allows um, more students to use our platform. You um, can be used in math class, music class, after school programs, and at home. And so, um, yeah, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, I, I still am trying to work on this, trying to do everything myself. But I tried to even take a coding course because I don't know how to code. But I was like, well, I'll take a course and I'll build this app and I'm going to do it myself. No, no, I will not. And so I learned that very quickly. But uh, taking that course, it was a 12 week uh, course that introduced me to the coding world where I was able to find developers that were able to build the app that we have today. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually a really good point that you just brought up because we have a lot, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs who want to build something that requires, you know, design uh, software design and and coding and i think it's important to know enough about coding that you can actually communicate with the experts that will eventually uh design your product and that can be that's really important it's you know it's it's not necessarily the highest and best use of your time but to to do the actual coding, to go through the process of learning and trying to do it, but it is very important for you to know enough that you can communicate because I've seen a lot of things break down mm-hmm. in that process and yeah. and uh, designing it and working with the designers of it, um, you know, are, are very important part of that. So when did you make the leap from full-time employed doing this on, you know, par- part-time to to uh, running your business and and what was that like? So um, so as I mentioned, I was doing both corporate America, but I was also a church musician. And so um, once I started doing Make Music Count part-time, it was kind of like a balance beam. I knew that I would have to leave my corporate job to pursue the opportunity that came up. And so that was scary. And so it was a very good job you know, I think I was making like $60,000 with that. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to make that immediately from make music count. 
But my church musician job kind of served as a buffer to allow me to kind of smoothly transition to still be able to pay, you know, my bills. Cause I was playing the piano at a, at a mega church. So I, it was, it was pretty good money there too. Um, but uh, so I, I was left corporate America and I had the church job and make music count going. And as make music count started to grow, it started to interfere with my piano playing, you know, playing at, on, at church on Sunday, isn't the issue. It's making rehearsals during the week. You can't play on Sunday if you don't go to practice right. during the week. Right. So that's when, that's when the real leap happened was when I was okay, I'm going to leave, you know, playing at church and just pursue making music count full time. So um, I would say if we started in 2013, um, full time for Make Music Count probably started in 2015. Yeah, so there it comes a point again. It goes back to what's the mo- what's the most important use of your time, yeah. and I'm sure as as the users started to grow and you started to scale even more, you had to start thinking about how you used your time and uh, and making that transition to entrepreneurs. So when you were going through school, you got your degree in mathematics, you you know, you you took a corporate job in engineering and and uh, you know, you were kind of doing this on the side. Did you ever have this vision of being an entrepreneur or is this something that kind of found no. you? No, um I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. <laughs> I, like I said, this started as community service. So it kind of grew and became this, this thing that was first helping people. And then secondly, was, was generating money. And so, uh, no, I didn't have any idea. I didn't, you know, I'm not one of those that, oh, I'm going to quit and become an entrepreneur. No, I was really just doing this thing that could, I thought could help some students. And, um, and that's how it got started, you know, and, and that's the thing I like to tell people is that we have learned and grown year after year, you know, and that's how we've kind of landed here, you know, nine years later, uh, we're an app in the app store. We also have an online tutoring platform that's centered around our app as well, so that teachers and college students can earn money by teaching make music account um, online. So and that's the direction and the path of the ed tech space right now is from the pandemic. You know, everyone needs online um, uh, support for, for tutoring. Sure, sure. So tell me where you are now. You, I mean, you're nine years in. So mm-hmm. talk to me a little about, um, about you know, what, you know, do you have a lot of schools using? The, how is How do students access this? Is Do school districts purchase this? Is it an yes. individual purchase for yet for students? So there's, there's a number of ways that we kind of operate. Our initial business model was licensing our app to school districts. So a superintendent, a teacher, a principal, or an after-school program can license to use Make Music Count for the year for $10 a student. And we also sell our workbooks for, for $12 as well. Our, our books match, uh, align with the work in the app as well. Um, secondly, you can just download the app out of the app store. If you search Make Music Count in the Google Play Store, the Apple Store, um, it'll pop right up. Um, it's That's based off of a freemium model. You get to try it out for free for seven days, and then you'd pay the monthly subscription. Um, and then lastly, like I said, based off of the app that's so unique, we created our own online tutoring platform so that any teacher, any college student 
can earn money by tutoring kids in math, specifically with Make Music Count. So we have served about over 50,000 students through schools. Um, we're probably on the low end, around like 10,000 students through the App Store. And we just launched our online tutoring platform a couple months ago. So we're still kind of building traction there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's great. You know, I love it. And I love that you have multiple revenue streams and, and multiple ways for for young people to or, or anybody to access this and and learn some math skills. So uh, what tell me a little bit about where you're headed now. I mean, what what is you know, what are you where, what are you thinking about? What's keeping you up at night? And, and like, what are you what are you working on? Well, it's important for startups to have an exit strategy. So we're, we're thinking about what that looks like. So, you know, um, there are, the vision for Make Music Count has certainly grown. There are three verticals that I'm interested in. Um, first is the education space. So how we work with schools, but uh, secondly is in the healthcare space. So we've gotten some interest from children's hospitals that would like to use our app Sure, for the educational piece, but also for things like music therapy or even working with older patients with Alzheimer's, right? Like, you know, being able to see a song from your youth can can help with, you know, how the mind works. Um, so that's really interesting. And then the third is we've realized that our app doesn't just bring value to students for educational purpose, but it also brings value to the music industry. Um, never before has music been used in this way um, to where it's directly correlated to improvement in math scores. So our app has created a new space for quote unquote marketing uh, songs. And so, uh, you know, first of all, you know, there isn't marketing allowed in the school day, which is why it doesn't happen now. But because we integrate songs into the math curriculum in the lesson, it creates an opportunity for us to provide additional value to labels and artists. So um, that is uh, where we're headed, um, those three areas um, for us to be able to be as impactful as we can. That's that's really great. And, and so to get to this point, you probably had to deal with some challenges along the way. Were there ever any yes. times that you thought about giving up? And uh, Well, no, you know, not giving up. But uh, we had some challenges where I was certainly scared if we were able to continue. Yeah, uh, the pandemic was was one. Um, you know, as the company where our prime source of revenue came from licensing the schools, when all the schools shut down, I was like, we're in trouble. I don't know what we're going to do. And, but the pandemic, I'm I'm so grateful for the pandemic and those challenges because it really forced me to think outside the box for how else can this product we built be useful. And that's where the idea for the healthcare space and um, the music industry um, kind of introduced itself. And it's, we don't have to change anything that we've built. It's just was thinking about who else would see value in what we've built. Um, so no, I, I've never thought about, uh, I'm too stubborn to, uh, to quit, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, there's always been challenges, you know, even in the education space, you know, what we've built is really kind of almost before it's time a little bit, you know, um, well, I don't know if that's true, but people haven't seen this before. It's right on time for what's needed as far as the creativity and, you know, teaching math in a different way, but people just haven't seen this before. So there was a lot of, 
doubt in what we've built, even after we were showing the data for how we improve in math skills. You know, we were almost working too well to the point where teachers were getting skeptical, like, look, I teach this class all year. They hate math. They're not good at it. And then here comes Marcus with this app. And all of a sudden, everyone loves math in 15 minutes. That's that can't be possibly true. Not right? buying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that's something that we faced is that we worked too well. And um, but again, you know, um, challenges are, are important so that you can you know see what you're made of and also to um, further kind of double down on, look, this is the real deal. And let me continue to show you that, right? So yeah, that's uh, I love what you said there, and I think there's there's a lot of wisdom in that because being you know first of all being first to market or early in a market is very challenging because mm-hmm. you have a job of educating as well. So yeah. people people don't understand what you're doing, so your marketing really has to be around educating. And secondly, uh, as someone who's been in the academic community for a long time, I understand the bureaucracy and the, mm-hmm. you know, the sales cycle can be very long and challenging. Um, so, <laughs> so those are very, those are very challenging uh, issues to deal with. Um, as you built this, you know, I work with a lot of companies that are building apps and have a, a need for technology and and uh, you know, as they scale, they need money. Have you have you taken money from investors, uh, or have you been able to self fund this? Could you talk a little bit about how you financed this? Um, yeah, I bootstrapped it. Um, you know, um, I'm a salesman, so I knew that once schools were ready to buy, I could go out and sell this thing. So I was knocking on doors. I was you know asking principals for 15 minutes of their time just to show them you know what we had. Um, I also participated in some pitch competitions that gave us some funding as well. The way that I built the app was from participating in the WeWork Creator Awards uh, pitch competition, where we won $72,000. And that gave me the funding to build the app. I knew I needed it, but, you know, we were doing okay as a business, but we didn't have that much capital in the bank. Um, However, now that, uh, you know, after I've explained where we're going to be expanding to, we are currently doing a seed round raise of $2 million where we're talking with venture capitals um, about, you know, joining us on this journey. You know, um, I, you know, they always say like, if you have a good idea, it takes five years, or you've got a great one, it takes 10. We're at the 10 year mark and now it's clear as day where we're headed, but you need help. You need help. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I've been telling people is like, look, we built a solid product that is home run every time it's in front of kids. We just now need the support to add fuel to the fire to get it in front of people because parents are looking for what we have. They just need to know that we're here. Right, right. That's, yeah. And marketing is a, it's, it's a huge expense when you're trying to when you're trying to share a new product and get it out there. And uh, and uh, so in your journey to raise money, any lessons learned already? Or are you still in the very yeah. early stages. Yeah. Um, no, I've been having a, a lot of conversations. Um, number one, uh, not to be sensitive, you know, so I, I, I wear a chip on my shoulder, you know, that's, that's rare. That's where a lot of this comes from. Like I remember what it was like to struggle in class and not get the help. So that's part of the fuel that gets me going every day. And so when I hear no's, it's not a no to me. It's a no to students that need this and need help. 
So I, I had to learn to let that go because everyone isn't going to get it. Um, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're, you're going to get mostly no's. <laughs> and, and, it's, and you just have to prepare yourself for that, right? And you just have to, you know, if they don't get it, that's okay. We'll go to the next. And so, um, you know, we've had, you know, support from Google. Um, they gave us uh, an award back in 2020. You know, we've done Techstars. So we know that we've got the credibility to now go after uh, venture capital funding so that we can um, build our team and, um, and to really, you know, scale our impact. So there's, there's a number of things I love about your journey as an educator who teaches the skills around entrepreneurship and raising money and all of that. I love that you bootstrapped it um, and, and were willing to do the hard work to get it you know, out there to prove it in the marketplace, to build your product initially. Um, you know, it's it, what you've done, your your pathway, I think, is an ideal pathway to set yourself up um, for this next stage. So kudos to you. And I'm wondering along the way, have you had some mentors or coaches that oh, have yes. helped you figure this out? And what would you say about that process? Um, so again, earlier I said, you know, I had to teach myself, you can't do it by yourself. You, you have to have mentors. Number one, you know, building the app. I didn't, I didn't know anyone that had built an app before, you know, like <laughs> at all. I didn't know anything about that. So, you know, mentors in that space, uh, mentors in the education space, you know, that have worked with superintendents, you know, uh, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate that one of my mentors was my high school assistant principal, who is now a superintendent. So being able to not just work with him, but to hear the conversations he's having with other superintendents, so I know how to approach them and how to sell to them. Um, I, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to have some amazing mentors, and um, they're not all just education and app-based. Some are just in general, you know. Um, people, you know, other, like I'm an African-American male. So I have mentors that, you know, have been very successful that I just reach out to for support and for like, what do you think about this? Like, how does this sound to you? Does this feel right? So it's important to have mentors that can relate to your story, can relate to you, um, can understand, you know, your struggles um, and to provide support to help you get through them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I love everything about your story. I mean, I love that you, that you built something based on a passion, built something based on, uh, you know, I love the chip on your shoulder that you really want others to actually benefit from this. So, so it's not just about, you know, making a lot of money. It's about really making change and impact. And I love that. And that comes across in your story, which I think makes it so compelling and uh, I, you know, I love the way you've built it. I love that, that, you know, you, that you're, um, that you've recognized the importance of you, you've had 10 years to get to where you are. So it's not an overnight success, right? It's a law of the farm. You got to plant the seed. You got to give it time. You got to have yes. patience. Yes. And uh, so I think those are all such important lessons and the important lessons of resilience uh, that you talk about with some of the challenges and not giving up. Um, they're all just such great lessons. And, and I love the ed tech space. So, you know, ed tech, I think, you know, education is being disrupted in so many ways. And you brought up the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of young people 
lost, uh, especially at the younger grades, they lost some really important time in the classroom. Yes. And uh, I, I wonder, is part of your message to help, can, can, that, can this help some of those young people recapture some of what they might have lost during this absolutely. time that we've been in? in? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, everyone, the, the buzzword for the pandemic was learning loss, right? But what a lot of people didn't understand is that um, how are we going to get students back engaged? How are we going to catch them up, right? And part of the opportunity that we were given was, you know, when everything was virtual, teachers were like, we need something, anything for the kids just to join class on Zoom, right? because they were at home, you know, they weren't joining class. And so um, that gave us an opportunity to say, hey, here's a creative way for you to, you know, teach your math lessons. We'd love to be helpful here. And we were already ready with the previous work we've done that showed that this will also improve the math score. So right now we had the dangling carrot of, hey, we use music, it's gonna make the class fun. So um, that, Again, that's what's going to be needed because the other thing about math is that when you aren't doing well in math, you, you really internalize it. And it makes you at times not admit that you're struggling. And so um, that's sometimes why a lot of kids have behavior problems in class is because they don't know how to express the fact that they don't get it. And so you're going to need things like make music account that's number one, fun because of the music aspect. It's it's culturally relevant, right? We have songs that speak directly to the students to the point where they'll be able to let that guard down to say, you know what, I am struggling in math, but I'm willing to get better if I use this platform. Yeah. You know, making that transition, which you made many years ago from thinking that there's something wrong with you because you don't know math to the fact that you can learn, you 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 can do math because yeah. you can do this other thing, right? And so, I just love it in on so many levels, Marcus. This has been for me just one of my most in, you know one of the most enjoyable conversations I've had about you know companies that are emerging, and it's just so exciting to see what you're doing and um, you know the things that you've got planned for the future. And I I just wish you the best, and I'm just. So much. Uh, everything, uh, just hoping for, you know, that this is going to be an amazing um, success for you. You know, one of the things that I always do before we wrap up is I always ask if you had one piece of advice based on your experience as an entrepreneur, what would that be for our audience? Oh, um, I would say to be flexible because what the way that you may initially envision your business operating um, at its core may be amazing, but it may not be the right vehicle. And so, you know, like I said, we've learned over the years um, the different ways we could deliver Make Music Count to now finally land on the right vehicle um, that uh, will allow us to, to really see some success. And, you know, if I was stuck on, no, this has to be an in-person, class, we have to go into the classroom and work with students. If I wasn't flexible to say, well, what does this look like as an app? Let's keep the experience of the classroom, but how do we translate that into a technology? You know, once we were using the app, okay, the app is doing okay, but 
you know, schools are shut down. How do we take the app and make it valuable in this new ed tech space of online learning? And and I'm telling you, we've, we've just had, I'm open to going wherever we need to go to get this out there, you know, and I just think it just takes a mindset of flexibility um, to, to get there. Great advice. Great advice. And, uh, you know, you, you obviously have that entrepreneurial mindset and, and you've demonstrated that, and uh, I know you're going to succeed. So congratulations on what you've done so far and good luck with the future. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your app and find out more about, about uh, make music count and, and all of your um, you know, what you're doing and what you're up to? Yes, yes. So um, you can find Make Music Count in the App Store on your phone, iPad, tablet, both for Apple and Android. If you just search Make Music Count, um, the app will pop right up. You can also go to our website, which is just www.makemusiccount.com. You also can find our workbooks online on our website, but also on walmart.com. We sell our workbooks in retail as well. So uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, our handle is at underscore make music count. Um, you can find us on Facebook. If you just search make music count on anything, YouTube, Facebook will pop right up. We'll pop right up. That's great. Well, fantastic, Marcus. Good luck to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing great growth in this company. And uh, and maybe we'll have you back in a year or so to see what's, what's to. happened. I All would right. love to. Thank you. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.